Hello, and welcome to the Monthly Comic Spotlight on the Comic Book Page Podcast. My name is John Mann. In this episode, we'll be discussing recently released comics. One from DC, one from Marvel, and at least one other. As always, we'll keep major spoilers to a minimum, but we'll discuss general plot points and storylines of the comics we review. In this monthly comic spotlight, I'm joined by James, and we're going to discuss some of the comics we got in August 2022. James, how you doing tonight? I'm doing well. How are you doing, John? I'm doing all right. Now, I got 77 comics over the five weeks of the month. Care to guess how that split between DC, Marvel, and other for me? I would say the bulk of it, 70 of them are DC and Marvel. That would be my guess. You would be close, but incorrect. Oh, okay. What was it? 20 were the other publishers. Really? That many? Yeah. Wow. And then 19 were DC... And then 38 were Marvel. Wow. Wow. It's like half of what I got was Marvel this time. Interesting. Cool. And you must be enjoying DC a little bit more. Or I mean Marvel a little bit more. Well, I think part of it is they're just coming out with a lot. And I I probably need to trim like some of the X titles and a few things like that. Plus Axe is going on. So there's a couple of one shots and some things like that. And I've got a couple of mini series that are playing out. Yeah. And plus... uh... DC, you know, we've talked about it. Some of the stuff that they've been doing, you haven't been enjoying, and I haven't been enjoying that much. Some of it's definitely that. The other thing is, I don't know what's going on with with DC and Lunar distributions and stuff. I had two Uh, weeks, the first and last week of the month, nothing from DC. Yeah. Now, I know I had one week, probably tail end of July, where it like doubled up for a month, or a week, I mean, and... I'm sure I probably actually had that in September or something. So I don't know if they're just not getting the books on out to the stores on, on a, a weekly cadence like clockwork, or I'm thinking not. I know my store is, is shipping them on a regular basis, and if they'll ship what they got. If they got one week of DC, they'll ship it. If they got two, they'll ship it. If they got none, well, they'll, they'll ship that. Yeah, we use the same retailer, and I've noticed that too, because sometimes there's no DC, and sometimes... It's almost all DC because all the stuff came in at once. Yeah. And you're just like, wow, that's a lot of DC. (laughs) Or I think uh, because Eric told me he was going to be doing this is they're basically starting to pull the books when they come in from each of the the distributors. Yeah. And we noticed that when you did your unboxing, Mm -hmm. you were were kind of showing us that. And I noticed it, too. I was like, nothing's organized. And then, oh, this is the box from Diamond that's alphabetical. This is the box from Lunar that's alphabetical. Ah, here's what's going on in Pick One Random House. Yeah, yeah. So it's interesting because they, before he was just waiting and sitting on books. And he's like, basically said, the heck with this. I'm just going to sort what I have, get it ready to go. And as soon as it comes in, boom, 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 done. Package up, send it out. I've worked at a comic store, and one of the main tasks I had was uh, pulling of the books on the... At that point, it was Fridays that the comics came in, because this was many, 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 many years ago. And this store had easily two or 300 people with uh, pull lists. Wow. And so it took a good couple of us uh, a few hours to go pull all the books. And the owner had a good system and whatnot. And when you've got it all coming from one distributor and you can lay it all out, it all comes at the same time. You can count the stuff out and make sure you got everything and whatnot. Not a big deal. But when you now have a third of it coming from each of three distributors, obviously it's not an even third either. I honestly don't know how I would have tackled that problem. It doesn't make sense to, to hold off and wait for all the books to do it in one shot. 
because otherwise the stuff's just sitting ar- sitting around. I don't want to say collecting dust, but you know what I mean. Yeah. But having to go through, you know, X number of lists three times. Now, of course, this when I was doing it at the store, it was back in the pen and paper era. Yeah. It was literally like eight pages stapled together or whatever. You're flipping through, oh, they got this, oh, they got this. Whereas now with better computers and more information electronically and stuff, you can get it to where it's like, okay, all I'm looking at is what I have to pull for what came out this week. Exactly. Yeah. And it's so much easier. Yeah. I, I, I would not want to be a comic shop today with just the stuff that I see and just, you know, talking with Eric a little bit, you know, from time to time, you know, you, you see frustrations that pop up, not towards anyone, but just changes that are made and decisions that are made that just impact their in and out, their daily business. Yeah. And the and, Oh, and by the way, these are for sale on Tuesday and these on Wednesday. You're like, oh, what? <laughs> just the frustrations, you know, do you want to do that or you just say, the hell with it, Wednesday? <laughs> I think that the street date concept is gone. Yeah. Now it's like, okay. It used to be you had to hold the books until the street date. It, well, you have them, you sell them. I, I don't know that anyone is, is holding to street dates. They, they aren't, I don't think, because you see reviews for books that are coming out next week already up. Yeah. And, and that people are getting the book, so you just kind of roll with it, I think. <laughs> and I'm not going to say street dates were a great thing or a bad thing, but they were a thing. And when everything was going through Diamond and there was the concept of a level playing field for all the, the retailers, if you're in a major market and somebody else is getting their books out and selling them a day early, that can cost you some business. And not just the books you lose that week, but if that entices somebody to switch stores, that's a big you, you lose a, a lot of business. Yeah. yeah. So Diamond actually had people that were checking and and doing you know Secret Shopper or whatever they call the thing to see if people were breaking street dates and and things like that. I don't know that they still do it. I, they probably haven't done it in years, thanks to the pandemic, of course. And I'm I'd be amazed if either Lunar or Penguin Random House had such a, a system put together yet or ever I, I think they're just taking the approach here's the comics sell as many as you can <laughs> that's it yeah there's something to be said for that but <laughs> it's just very different uh than the industry was just a few years ago yeah pretty much it, it, it's amazing how it's changed yeah so with your stuff publisher dc did you like what you got from dc this time mostly Mostly, I mean, a lot of it was in that it's it's good, not great, kind of B, you know, B minus, B plus kind of range. Yeah. The expected things were in that A range of uh, Nightwing and Batman Superman's World's Finest. Yep, those were the two that were at the top for me. This was the issue of World's Finest that had uh, the feature on Robin and such. And it was uh, Travis Moore doing the art here instead of Dan Mora. And Guy did a great job. Oh, Okay. Yeah, that was it was terrific. I agree with you. Those were the two standouts for me. There's one other one that I think was right up there with them, but you're not getting it, of course. And uh, that's Tom Taylor. He's doing Deceased, War of the Undead Gods. Mm. It's kind of like a spinoff of the Deceased main series, you know, like the next six issue miniseries or whatever, however many issues it is. But it's right up there. You know, he, he always writes top notch, just like he does with Nightwing. And then you put a terrific artist on there, and boom, here you go. That's It's going to be amazing. And I'm sure it's going to be collected in an omnibus. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, they've been going with the deceased stuff for a while. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think this is the last one that's going to wrap it up, because uh, you basically have the new gods of New Genesis, you know, to get infected with this virus. It's almost like an electronic virus that infects them. 
Hmm. And the when when the plague ends, spreads there, and then you have basically uh, one of the one of the new gods destroying a planet at one point, and you get yellow lanterns and green lanterns showing up to help. And of course, the green lanterns are going to try and stop the yellow lanterns because you're the bad guys, and actually yeah. made things worse. <laughs> Gee, go figure. Yeah. So, it, but it was an awesome. But it, honestly, probably not for you because it's a little bit more of the zombie type feel. It's a little bit. kind of their equivalent of Marvel zombies. Exactly. So I, I don't know if that's your cup of tea. Nope. I skipped the whole thing from the get go. I kind of figured it was top notch, but yeah. But in Nightwing's Nightwing, doing its thing, killing it, doing great stuff and uh world's finest is it's just great mark wade's doing a good job yeah both of those are are the top books for dc for me these days yeah actually there was one other one that i i enjoyed it wasn't as good as those three for me but i did like duo number four it continues to be a a fun read yeah yeah now i've read the fifth issue as we're recording this because it's september 27th as we're recording even though these are the august books so i'm not going to go into that but the Number four, I really did enjoy it. And, um, you know, I, I like that we have the intertwined couple coming together again mm-hmm. instead of fighting for control. And I like that they're being offered an ultimatum by an antagonist who's trying to, you know, take control of their nanobots. So I, I just really liked it. And then you see someone take over the body and it's on. <laughs> There's a lot going on in that title. It was playing with a lot more concepts than I thought it would be initially, and I'm really enjoying that aspect of it. I agree. It's all, I hate to say it's like Bloodshot, because it's not like Bloodshot, but those nanobots has the Bloodshot aspect in it. It's got similarities to Bloodshot, Second Life of Dr. Mirage, you could even argue like a Firestorm kind of a thing in there, a couple other concepts. It's not like it's this, oh my god, new idea for two people to be slammed into a body or whatever. Oh, definitely not, yeah. But they're going in new and interesting directions and really pushing that concept a lot further than most of these other characters and, and properties have. Yeah. So I'm, I'm enjoying it. It's, it's a good read. Yeah, I agree. I, it was a good read. I mean, there was other things that I read, but the other things I read were just kind of like more in that average you know, range. It was like, you know, uh, Fables was good, but it wasn't great. You know, I'm happy we have Fables. For me, with Fables, there's too many plot lines for it to be a satisfying read as the comics come out. Yeah. And I'm sure it's going to read better as a full arc once it's done. Uh, that's, way, that's the way I think it needs to be read. Almost the single issue, it's, very, it's a difficult read, I would say. Well, it's chunks of four or five or six or 18 stories, it feels like. Yep. And it's hard to keep track of those spread out over months. And also, we're picking it up from years ago when the series finished. Yeah, well, and there's an aspect where they're focusing on one of the kids more than the other kids each issue and stuff like that, but not so much that I feel that, because they're, they're teasing the others also in the issue. It's just, I'm wondering if they if they had rearranged the story to where it's like a series of, okay, this one focuses on this kid, then this kid the next issue, this kid the next issue, just enough of a framing sequence to kind of keep the bigger picture in play or something. Maybe that would work better, but there's still a few characters here. I don't know how they play into the whole stuff. I agree. There's some of them. I'm like, why is this character here? What's going on? And yeah, I don't. Yeah, I'm just got a little bit lost with that. So I still like it. I'm still enjoying it, but I don't. I think the time away from the property got the creative team a little bit out of their rhythm. It did, and 
not to beat a dead horse, but I, it's a completely different property, but I felt the same way with Saga. When I was mm. first reading Saga, you get into the habit and you're like, okay, I'm going along, going along. And you almost build up a rhythm reading it and you kind of, and then you take a three, four year break, however many years I took. And now I'm just like, it just doesn't work for me anymore. And I dropped it. I'm like, I'm out. Yeah. 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 So it's like, eh. and that, that happens. I, I think this will read better as a trade and maybe Saga will read better if I went back and picked it up from issue one and just read it concurrently. Yeah. I don't sh- know. You I'm shouldn't guessing. have to do that. I agree. <laughs> so now, I this month we only got some of the ancillary books for like the Dark Crisis, and we didn't get anything on the um, Flashpoint. Correct. World. Correct. So the, yeah, so the Dark Crisis, the worlds without a Green Lantern, you know, uh, worlds without a Justice League Green Lantern, and the Dark Crisis, uh, Young Justice, they were just kind of like, eh, I, I didn't care for them. Either, either one of those two titles. Well, The Worlds Without a Justice League, I'm not getting the point of these issues. Me too. It doesn't I'm, seem like it ties in. Well, I'm wondering if it's like a stealth way to set up maybe the post-Dark Crisis version of the characters, but I'm leaning towards it's probably just a cash grab. That's what I did, because I'm reading it. I, it, it reads like something that it's not going to matter. I, I know they don't intend it to feel that way, but I feel like so disconnected from what I'm reading there and what I feel like is coming, but... I hope that's not what's coming in the future. <laughs> I, I I hope it's not either. I don't think it is, but they kind of reveal a little how it plays in over in uh, Flash. Yeah, I'll tell because you they they deal with with Barry Allen over there. But that was over in Flash. I mean, that it was an okay story. It's just I didn't get parts of it, and the parts I didn't get, honestly, I didn't care enough about to to really worry about. That's the way I felt too. Yeah, and yeah. then. The Dark Crisis Young Justice, I continue to be unfavorably impressed by the writing. Yeah, me too. I, I, I really don't enjoy that book at all. Disappointing. Yeah, yeah. It's I, I've pre-ordered the whole thing, and even if I were getting it off the rack, I've said this before, I'd write it out just because I want to see where they're going and stuff. But I'm really hoping this is not signs of things to come for how they want to take these characters. I agree. I'm feeling the same way. <laughs> that, I, I fear that it is, since that writer's the one doing the Tim Drake uh, Robin title. Yeah. And I, I just got the first issue. I haven't even started reading September yet, so we'll have probably something to talk about there next time. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. But, I mean, it, the other stuff that came out, it was just kind of like, I just, I didn't have much to say. You know, Detective came out, Flash Annual came out, Naomi came out, and they're just kind of all just there, you know? Well, the Flash annual, there was a plot point dropped at the end. Okay. That I'm like, man, that reveal should have been in the monthly title. Yeah, I agree. Should not have been in the annual. And the rest of the issue felt like a really bad fan fiction of Wally mashed up with Star Trek with his wife, Linda, as the star of the story and stuff. And I'm like, wow, this this is not great. I, I, was, I was disappointed with that. Yeah, it was not good at all. Yeah. Yeah, I pretty much hated it. <laughs> I was like, I wish I wouldn't have purchased this. <laughs> have you been reading Justice League versus Legion? I am not reading that any longer. I was reading it a while back. Okay. We finally learn who's behind the Great Darkness, which may be tying into Dark Crisis, may not. But man, this thing ended on a note where it's like, I have no clue where the next and final issue is going to pick up the story. So Interesting. Little, little perplexing. And again, it's Bendis. This could have been done in half the time than the the five issues it took so far. Yeah, Bendis drags it out. (laughs) 
Well, he drags it out in the whole, you know, this is the Gold Lantern saga stuff. I feel like we're going to get the the parlor scene at the end of a classic movie, you know, mystery or whatever, where the detective tells you everything the author hadn't bothered to tell you so far. Yeah. So, again, not not overly impressed. Yeah, another thing that came out, which it wasn't good, it was the Superman World World Apocalypse thing, like the wrap-up to that whole big, you know, we're taking mm-hmm. Clark and sticking him over here on this planet. But it kind of wrapped up happily ever after. You know, turns out the person that betrayed them to Mo- Mongol wasn't so bad after all. And then uh, everyone's happily going back to Earth just in time for Superman to die, I'm assuming. Well, I gotta say, there was one <laughs> plot point early-ish in the story. Yeah. Where I'm like, this came out of nowhere. This is insane. I'm starting to write my notes. I get to the next page or two, and it's like, oh, never mind. <laughs> but it felt like the sort of cheap plot turn that they might have actually used, which is why it felt so believable that they went in that bad of a direction for even a moment. Yeah. I- I'm just glad the story arc is over. They spent way, way too long over there. How long has that been going on? It seems like two years, but I have no well, clue. We're on Superman Son of Kal-El number 14. That came out this month, too, and that title kind of started up when Superman took off. That's true. So 14 months. Wow. A well, year and two months. 14 issues. I'm not sure if it's 14 issues. months. Yeah. It feels like a century and a half. <laughs> it does. It feels like forever. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, what's funny is I'm like, like, oh, he's going back to Earth, and I'm like, just in time for the Justice League to die. I'm assuming this is where he comes back and dies at the beginning of Death of the Justice League. I don't know. <laughs> I would imagine, but he'll get better. Yeah, he'll get better. He'll heal up. <laughs> Speaking of, of dying and getting better and such, uh, Black Adam. Oh, yeah. I, What'd you I, think of that? I've got another issue or two, actually two, on pre-order. I'm planning on dropping the title. I did get an email from James Stubbs, one of our listeners, Okay. who recommended that I hang on to Black Adam at least through number four. Okay. Because that's where he says the, the real hook to the ongoing story is. And if I don't like it at that point, you know, feel free to bail. And I'm like, okay, I've, I've got that in the one after it on pre-order anyways. We'll see if it works better for me. But part of it is just the storytelling style of, of Priest is just so pronounced. It just gets in the way of the story for me. Yeah, for for me too. It, Priest is very difficult to read, whether he's writing Vampirella, Black Adam, who, whoever he's writing Deathstroke. I, I just find him very dense and difficult to read. And the, it's just the manner he writes in, the way he his writing style. And I actually, on this last order, that I canceled the title. I did not get put number six on my, my last order, yeah. Okay, so we both canceled it. Well, I, I, I refer to it as dropping. To me, publishers cancel, I drop it. Either way, okay. it's, it's it's ending for me. Yeah, it's ending for me too. <laughs> Unless the hook at the end of four really gets me, which I'm not expecting to happen. Yeah, technically we could do an FOC with Eric still, so it's possible, but I don't see it happening. Yeah, yeah, I don't think so either. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, it, that that's where I was just like, eh, I, I'm, I got into that mode where I'm like, I'm buying too much stuff, and why am I buying it if I don't like it? Yeah, Time to get I'm, rid of it trying to whittle stuff down too. Did you get uh, Naomi season two, number six? I did. What did you think of it? Well, first off, starting with a bunch of talking faces, like it's a reality TV confessional sort of a thing. Oh my God. <laughs> Cliche Bendis. I, yeah. Not something I care for either. Tons of exposition on that first page. Lots of flashy action, not much substance. And then things just kind of end and we get an epilogue. 
and we get a, a teaser for what I guess might be the premise of a third quote unquote season of Naomi. And I'm like, if, if that's where they're going, it's like, I, I, I can skip it. I, I literally, my note in here, I put, I think I'm done with this character now. After having read this, I think I'm done with, I, I don't need season three. I don't need season three. I will read the character in a team book. I probably will not pick up solo adventures of the character. I think I'm done. Yeah. And, and what's weird is I really enjoyed her when she, when it first came, when she first came out, new character, I, I jumped, I was on board. I was like, let's do this. And then she just kind of petered away. And, and now I'm just, I'm not enjoying it. And the same thing happened with the Yara floor. I, mm. I was real excited to read her. I was like, man, this character's awesome. And then she petered away. And now, and now I don't care if I ever read her again. She just, she's gone into the abyss. They, they did that whole little event. And I, I don't think see myself picking it up again. This is one of the reasons why when I do my picks for like the yearly comic spotlight and stuff like that, it's not that I ignore stuff that's new in the last month or two, but I, I, I do downplay it because it's easy to say, oh my God, this is the greatest thing on earth or whatever, but it's yep. still got that shiny newness on it. It really does. Yep. And there's some stuff that starts out brilliant because it's, I'm not going to say it's easy to write a first issue, but the first issue has the advantage of it's new, it's interesting, it's different. By the time you get to that third, fourth, fifth issue, it's no longer new and different. You're used to it. Now is it as good? And again, you you cited some great examples of Naomi, of the Yara Floor uh, Wonder Girl or whatever, of this character's the next big thing, but that decision is made before we've really had a chance to get to know the character. Yeah, it, and it happens quite a bit because, like you said, almost like clockwork by that third and fourth issue, a lot of times they start to lose me. Uh, the newness, like you said, wears off, and they lose the little bit glimmer, you know? And now we're left with this, do they matter? Do I care? Is it really good writing, or was it just the, you know, shock and awe? Wow, new character. Wow, this is neat. And, and, and a lot of those have worn off for me. And, and not just on the superheroes. It happens sometimes with the indie books, too. Yeah, you know? yeah. Nice House on a Lake started off, I was like, this is one of the best series I've ever read. After about the seventh issue, I'm like, okay, it's getting a little long in the tooth now. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's let's wrap this up. <laughs> you kind of get to where you figure out the rhythm of the, the story and stuff. It's like, I don't know exactly where it's going, but I got a sense of where it's going. Yep. And it's like, it's it's not as exciting and different and un- unpredictable as it started at. Exactly. And yeah. I'm, I'm finding that more and more myself. Yeah. I mean, again, overall, not a bad month for DC. Small month. Again, Small month. Get a ton. But nothing that was just, oh my God, I've got to, well, Black Adam is one of those. But yeah, I've, I've, I've got to be dropping and stuff. I'm just a little disappointed by the weakness in like action comics, Detective, Wonder Woman, the key characters. Action should get better next month because, well, Superman's back. But yeah, we'll, we'll see where it goes. Fingers crossed for good things. <laughs> yeah. Shall we head over to Marvel? Yep. I'm filtering my list right now. I got a ton of stuff over here. Me too. This was like so much Marvel. <laughs> And this is probably where I was feeling that overwhelmed. I got to cut back because there's just so much that came came out. I'm like, wow. Yeah, and for me, there were a few things that were lackluster. Yep. The the axe judgment day stuff, chief among it. And there were a couple of things that were were solid, were good, but nothing that was great. Yeah, I, I would say I'm trying to look through my list. You saying that the best thing I read was probably X Men Red number five. That that was the best one for me, and believe it or not, that was I think that tied into the uh, axe thing. It was part of Judgment Day, but there were one or two of those things that had the banner, and I'm like, how does this play in? Yeah, that was that character Uranus. 
has a one hour to destroy Araco, which mm. is uh, and he was up there and so while the while basically the stealth hit is being taken by the Inhumans on the or not the Inhumans the, uh, the Eternals the Eternals oh my God I'm getting getting them mixed up the Eternals on the mutants we have this guy released up there to basically take out the whole planet. And he does some damage. I mean, even against the Omega-level mutants, it was just like, he's just brushing off their attacks. I was like, wow, this is pretty intense. And this was the part of Axe that I was enjoying, but the pivot that they make in Axe number two made me really not like the event. Well, for me, X-Men Red number five had a lot of action. It felt like even more captions. Yeah. I was puzzled by the last page and kind of how it was even possible or whatever. And I'm like, I hope that gets explained. And it was, it was good. It was exciting. I wouldn't say it was great. Yeah, for, it was great for me. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, I, I just really found it fun. And I got to that last page. I was like, what the? And you're like, we gotta. This has got to be reeled back in. What are, what is going on? And it's weird because I read a little bit ahead, but I don't want to talk about that because that thing that happened at the end was kind of like, mm, we have to reel this back in. I want to see how you think it played out because I thought it was very interesting. So I'll wait till you read it. Fair enough. How is the Judgment Day event overall going for you? Okay, Judgment Day overall, for me at the very beginning, it made sense. I want to see Eternals versus Mutants. Not that not that I was clamoring to see that, but I'm like, it makes sense. Here, the, here's these characters that are deviated. They are now eternal essentially they, they, they justified the conflict story-wise yeah, I'll, I'll grant exactly. you that so so that made sense i'm like okay let's have this fight happen then the avengers get thrown in there for no reason and they pivot to this almost other thing that is brought on by themselves and from here on that becomes the center point of the story and i'm hating it yeah i'm like that's not what i came to read this is i feel like i've been duped yeah i the event isn't working for me overall. There are a couple of moments that are certainly interesting. Again, I think they they justified the conflict between the Eternals and the mutants. Yeah. I feel the whole bit with the uh, the Avengers being there is tacked on and in, in the way. It's in the way, and I feel like it ruined what could have been an okay event. And I feel like it made it a not good event, attacking on the Avengers. Yeah, yeah, I think it definitely weakened it. Yeah, and so that's how I'm feeling. As each issue progresses, and I know I'm ahead, I feel that more and more. I'm like, the Avengers don't belong. The Avengers don't belong. Now it's become a different story, and I don't want to read that story. Mm. I want to read the original concept. I want to read X-Men versus Eternals. That's yeah. what I want to read. Yeah. And I'm not. we're not getting that, so that, that frustrates me. And I bought all that garbage, and so I have to read it. <laughs> well, for me, I was getting so many of the books Axe was crossing into that it's like I'm reading most of the event anyways so yeah i mean i'm just joking when i say but you pre-order it so now i'm like now i have to read it (laughs) yeah but whenever they do that it disincentivizes pre-ordering the books and that doesn't help their sales any exactly so to me it became frustrating because i feel like they could they start off with a nugget of something really good that they could have told very a very cool story something that maybe had some impact in the marvel universe going forward I don't know why they tacked on Avengers other than Jason Aaron was stuck and didn't know what he wanted to do. I would have not done the Avengers. I would have done the Inhumans. That would be cool. And almost play it as there can only be one, I almost will say alternate human race, if you will. 
that would have been really cool. Either the Eternals, the 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 Inhumans, or the mutants, but we can't have all three. Yeah, almost have the Inhumans being like another deviation. They came after us too, you know. Yeah, yeah. Te- teaming up with the X Men, you could see something like that happening, and they'd have some relevancy. <laughs> mm-hmm. But oh no, you get Captain America and Shellhead, and eh, I love those characters, but I'm like, come on, man. Yeah, <laughs> come yeah. On. They don't belong. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, the whole judgment thing. I'm waiting to see how that plays out for you. I hope that works for you. I hope so. I'm just, uh, it's, it's got to really improve for that to happen. Yeah, yeah. Now, was there anything else that you did like? I'm assuming was Fantastic Four the last one for slot. Yes, it was. They've got two issues with another writer, and then they relaunch it after that. This issue really was weird. Okay. It picked up on a plot line introduced, and I went and looked this up, in Fantastic Four 35. Good lord. <laughs> from a year ago. Oh, yeah. Reed's half-sister. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I'm curious about her, but you've been teasing this for a year now. And then it gets here, and it, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't great. There were a few characters in there, it's like, I don't recall these characters. And I've been reading Fantastic Four since... You know, the the Burn era around 250 or something. It was one of the earlier titles I got into the Marvel Universe with. So even a couple of footnotes would have been nice to at least give me a time frame of where these characters might have appeared. Yeah. It was was an okay issue, but again, disappointing given how long it took Slot to get around to telling the story. Yeah. It didn't feel like it had the payoff it should have. I I agree. I felt the same way. And he tried to wrap things up for the next writer. I felt like he he felt like... It was the putting the toys back into the box type issue. Yeah, yeah. And on the one hand, I appreciate that. On the other hand, if you always put the toys back how you found them, the characters never grow. Exactly. So I felt conflicted, but I was with you. I was like a little bit, that last issue was just a little bit, uh, I, I, I expected something more from you, Dan. Yeah. So we get two issues that tie into the Axe Judgment Day stuff. Then we get, I guess, Ryan North taking over the title. That one I'm worried about. I'm not a big Ryan North fan, so I'm hoping... I pre-ordered it, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Fair enough. Fingers crossed. He, he, I just know him from Squirrel Girl and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not my favorite. <laughs> and I read Squirrel Girl for quite some time, but that's not the tone and style I want on Fantastic Four. Yeah, so I'm hoping he doesn't do that. <laughs> some things that I did like, I did like X-Force number 31, which did, I, I did that tie into Axe? It did. It was an Axe tie-in. Did you like it? It takes place during Axe, but it didn't really feel like part of the arc. It did. It felt a little bit different because it was Craven went on a hunt, you know, for a bear last issue. Yeah. Took out, took out, and then he mounted that thing, and it, that made me laugh. Craven that, that has no me. business in the X books. He doesn't. I'm like, why is he here? He should be in over in Spider Man. But uh, for whatever reason, you know, he goes looking for validation. I'm like, what is. It was weird, wasn't it? Yeah. It, it wasn't bad, but it certainly wasn't great. It wasn't bad. It, 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 I I thought that one part was funny because it carried over from that thing, and I don't know why it was there. Other than definitely has some some humorous aspects, but I just I not where I want the title to go. And this is getting to be one of those titles that if I cut some X books, this might be one of them. Now, I could see that. Now, one thing I want to ask you: Did you get the new Thunderbolts number one? I did not. Okay. What was weird is. For me, it wasn't a bad story, but I felt like coming out of it, I wouldn't miss anything by skipping it. And so I I think this is a title that I'm just going to cut. Not that it was bad, 
it was decent, but I just feel like it's something I really don't need to read. Yeah, there are a couple of things that they may be decent stories, they may be well told, they may be well drawn even, but still don't feel like it's something I have to read for whatever reason. Yeah, it just feels like it's not going to matter and it's not going to be around very long. And I'm like, eh, I, I'm just going to give this one a pass. Or but it just I did, doesn't hold my interest enough sometimes. Yeah. And it, it wasn't, and I'm like, if the first issue, if I feel this way coming out of it, then that doesn't bode well for issues two, three, and four. <laughs> yeah. 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 But I mean, the other ones that I, I did enjoy were Strange Number Five. I did like that one. Mm hmm. Where basically we have uh, Clea teams up with the Moon Knight or with Moon Knight because, uh, you know, hey, you've been resurrected before. Yeah. That's <laughs> I thought that was pretty interesting. I, I thought that was clever, and I liked that. And, you know, they worked together, you know, on one of Moon Knight's nemesis, or nemesi, I don't know what you say. And I, the twist that came, I was like, interesting. Well, I was starting to suspect what was going on with the Harvestmen and stuff, and the, the reveal at the end confirmed it. So I thought Jed McKay did a good job of planting the seeds to where the reveal wasn't just, where the hell did that come from? Yeah. And it wasn't telegraphed either. I was I was piecing it together at about the right speed for the story. Yeah, yeah, I agree. You you weren't com in complete and utter shock. Mm -hmm. Like, ah, this wasn't fair. But yeah, it, it wasn't. Yeah, here it is. Boom. It's hitching. You, you kind of could guess if you were look, paying attention. So, yeah, well, and again, it was cool. Jed McKay is doing a good job on this. Also on uh, Iron Cat. Yeah, Iron Cat was another good one because that's his book that I say he took over for... Um, Oh, what was that book he was doing before? Black Cat. Black Cat. Black Cat. It's his Black Cat book, basically. Yeah, yeah. And he writes very clever because there's he you can pick up any one issue, I feel like, and enjoy it for what it is. He's probably got the best balance of an overall story arc with satisfying issues. Yeah. So usually anytime I see Jed McKay now, I'll pick it up just because I've enjoyed most of what he's done in the past now. Yeah, I can totally understand that and agree with that. Yeah, so he's definitely a good writer, and I'm happy to read him. He always makes me happy. And uh, another one that I wanted to tell you, I, I cut, and even though I got the first issue, is I did pick up Predator number one. Mm -hmm. And it's not that it's bad. Like, I watched that new Predator movie. I can't, I think it was called Prey, or I don't remember what it was called. And I enjoyed it. But this one came out, and it's not really a Predator book. It's more about this girl who's hunting Predators. And so that's not really what I wanted to read. Yeah. It was cool. I mean, it's like a play on the whole Arnold thing. But if Arnold went and started hunting them all over the universe, which that's not why I watch Predator, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'm just like, that's not what I'm here for. I thought it was going to be a cool Predator story, and it really wasn't. So I'm like, I'm out. See ya. No, I can totally understand that. There's some where it's like, I'm interested in the story, but that's not... or the I'm interested in the property. But the story you're telling while set in the property isn't in line with the property sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Another one that I canceled was uh, Savage Avengers. I got mm -hmm. the fourth issue now, and I think someone wrote on the Slack, it's like the fifth or sixth issue is the last one with Conan. But I intended to cancel it before I ever heard that because it's just not as good as the original volume. They had Jerry Dugan writing it, and this one was Pepos, and it just was not written well at all. That's a shame. Yeah, so... I'm just out. It, it doesn't seem like he has a good footing or a good way of writing multiple characters. He has to have each one of them say something. And so it just gets very verbose and you don't get enough time with any one character. You know, he's going from the, it's too big of a team. He's going from this character, to this character, to this character, and they all got to have their, their little blurb, no matter what the action sequence is. And it just gets cumbersome reading it. Yeah. That, that doesn't sound great. 
Yeah, it, it's not good. <laughs> it'll be interesting to see if there's any way to keep track of if the trades for Savage Avengers, the first volume and stuff, stay in print or not. Because again, Conan, they've lost the, the license or let it lapse or whatever. They no longer have the license at the very least. Yeah. Will they be able to maintain those things in, in print or not? Yeah, and, and if they can, I'm like, how is a Blaze able to reprint Conan stuff from over in Europe? I don't know. I, I'm not a licensing guru, but yeah, I, I would hope they still do, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, but by tying Conan into you know an Avenger title and stuff like that, if you can't do anything with Conan, and I don't know if that's the case or not, the question is, how does it impact those titles? Exactly. Did we just create the next, uh, what was that book, Rom? <laughs> that we could create the next ROM where nobody's going to ever see this thing again? Well, ROM and Micronauts are interesting cases because yeah. those were toy things that they could use some of the original story ideas they put in, but not the lead characters and such. So this is why we have just generic Space Knights in the Marvel Universe versus, you know, ROM-branded ones. And with, yeah. with Micronauts, they were able to keep the original characters they created, just not the, the ones originating from the toys. Another example, though, would be the uh, the S.H.I.E.L.D. series they did, I want to say in the 70s, where they were fighting Godzilla. Ah, yeah, So yeah. the title of the thing was actually Godzilla, but it was as much a S.H.I.E.L.D. series as anything else. But they've only had the ability to reprint that a time or two. Yeah. So that's that's the kind of situation I'm wondering if they got themselves into with Savage Avengers. Yeah, it's just weird. Why would you put yourself in that corner? But whatever. Yeah. Each their own. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so... Anything else that stood out to you that you liked? I mean, because there was stuff that I, I did enjoy, which I knew you're not getting. Like, I like Ghost Rider number five. I'm enjoying that. That's, you know, this was a, a what the hell issue <laughs> for this one. <laughs> it was it was stupid fun and weird, but we get a motorcycle rally on the devil's backbone. Apparently, whoever wins the race, you know, gains the favor of the devil. <laughs> and everyone has their, you know, their own reason for racing because they want to get something. And so you get like, Doctor Doom, Craven, Black Widow, Moon Knight, Wolverine, all racing against each other on the devil. It, it's just a this bizarre book. Almost feels like the Wacky Races cartoon. It was bizarre. I was like, what is going on? <laughs> but I enjoyed it. It was weird. And then Hulk number eight, I did enjoy this issue of the Hulk because some of them I haven't enjoyed. But this one was the final part of the fight between the Hulk and Thor. Ah. The hybrids of Hulk and Thor, where they kind of had a Hulk Thor and a Thor Hulk. And... It's just stupid fun. I mean, if you want stupid fun, this was enjoyable. It goes nowhere. It's just a big beating each other in the head with their hammers, you know? Yeah. Stupid fun. There were a couple of books that I, I thought were fine, but a lot of them were either a little slow or chapters in a larger story. And as, as individual issues, they were fine, but not, oh my God, great or anything. So like I said, this was a, it was a decent month for Marvel. I got a lot of things that I... I got enough enjoyment out of, but really nothing that was the, oh man, you got to check this out kind of thing. That's where, that's how I felt. Like there's a lot of B stuff. Like, yeah. like if I was yeah. writing it, a lot of Bs and even some C pluses and some Bs and B minuses and maybe a few B pluses, but not a lot of A material. Yeah. Yeah. For me, a lot of it was in that B minus C plus range. A couple of things got into the solid B I'm trying to see if I don't think anything even got into a really a solid B plus area. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you what, there's stuff that I did cancel in here. I got rid of Gambit. That's gone from my pull list. And mm -hmm. that was a mini series. 
I got rid of Savage Avengers. New Mutants I canceled after issue 30. They changed the writer, and it seems like it's getting... I'm just not enjoying it that much anyways. And Star Wars Obi-Wan wrapped up. Spider-Man 2099 Exodus wrapped up. So a lot of that stuff I I, kind of dumped. You know, there's a lot of stuff that's gone away. Yeah, I got to take a closer look at which X titles I'm getting and why. Yeah, there was too many. There's too many. There's not the cross-pollination there had been. Some of them are coming out two issues a month, like X-Force and X-Men this time. So I can can whittle some stuff down a bit. Yeah, you know what I chalked it up to when... What's his name? Hickman had first taken over the property. Mm-hmm. That he came up with that little checklist, and some of the titles were in black and in red. That was a pivotal issue, and so you kept getting that checklist, the checklist, the checklist. And so I was still buying all the stuff, and then I'm like, wait a minute, Hickman's gone. None of this stuff is applying to the other books. Why am I buying all this? All right, time to start chop this one, chop this one. I don't like these characters. Chop them. Yeah. So th- I, I've taken that that motion myself. <laughs> yeah, I think I need to start doing that. Yeah. And it's not that it's bad, it's just some of them I don't I don't need to read. No, but it's time I could be spending on other things. That's the way I'm starting to feel, too. <laughs> yeah. I'm play, playing some video games, watching some TV, or just reading a book, whatever. <laughs> I've been doing some of that lately, too. Yeah! Yeah, I've been seeing your, your post on the Slack. I'm on so. to you. <laughs> Shall we dive over to the other publishers? Yeah, I filtered down already. I had one that I put here that... Looking at it now, maybe I shouldn't have, Oh, but I think it's legit to put here. Okay. And it was the best of the bunch. It was because it was by Abrams Comic Arts and not Marvel. That's why it fell here. A Fantastic Four full circle hardcover. Oh, okay. All right. (laughs) So not really a cheat. (laughs) Normally, I would not have included this because it's a hardcover and we're mainly talking about the comics and stuff. It was 64 pages or whatever. It's the size of a regular comic or not a regular, but an oversized comic, an annual or something. And it was terrific. It was solid. It felt like a classic Fantastic Four story in all the right ways. Epilogue scene at the end could have been a little better, but overall it was a solid read. It it felt of the era, yet modern, if you know what I mean. Yeah, oh, that's cool. That's really cool. So definitely worth checking out. Maybe not at that price point, because it was like 40 bucks or something, but it was, it was good. Well, my highlight was Closet Number 3. I can't remember who wrote this for the life of me, and I put it. I didn't put it down the notes, and I can't remember. But it was. I think it's a three issue series, and it started off with this boy who nightmares something in the closet. The dad's driving the boy cross country, mm-hmm. and this is where it becomes a gut punch issue. And you know the mo- the monster in the closet, and it, some of this is telegraphed. You can kind of see it coming, but it's all metaphors the whole time. Mm. And the real horror isn't the monster in the. Cl- but the kid's projecting as the monster in the closet from something he saw. And it, it, it involves the family. And it was just a total gut punch. And you're just like, oh. And I, it's a type of story where now if you went back and read it, it wouldn't have the same impact. But the first time you read it, you're just going to be like, wow, wow. Mm. And so it was it was definitely eye-opening. And I thought it was just fantastic. And I think that was from Image, I think, Closet. But okay. terrific series. Now, I had some others I liked. but one that I'm pretty sure we both bought, and I did enjoy it. I wouldn't say it was as good as the first, but what did you think of the second Gun Honey series? Because you, you didn't buy the first one originally. I didn't buy it originally. I thought this was an interesting follow-up to the original miniseries. I did too. What Did, did you like it as much? Did, is it still working for you? Uh, it's still working for me. It actually went in a different direction than I was afraid it might. I thought it was almost going to be, a, a, I don't say a revenge story based on the first or whatever. Yeah. And it 
it's a revenge story, but in a different direction, different way. And so I, I thought it was a, a, a solid start to the story. I did too. I just love it. And every time I read this sto- this book, I show my wife some stuff in it because I love the Malaysian locale and they use mm-hmm. Malaysian language in it. And she's like, wow, you're reading a book with Malaysian in it. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, apparently whoever the writer is has some affinity or used to live there or does live there at one point or something. Uh, just kind of a cool aside for me. <laughs> but I think it's terrific. Well, and they're, they're planning to do a TV show on it. And the production company behind that has done a couple other shows I've enjoyed. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that. Me too. I'm, I'm, I'm completely on board for this. I think it's pretty exciting stuff. So a lot of fun. And well, anything else that stood out for you before I, I go into a few more for me? Let's see. Breakout number three. Oh, yeah. I thought that was it was a lot of fun. It's kind of a heist jailbreak kind of a story, and things are going great until they don't. Cool. And I'm really curious how it wraps up next issue. It's uh, Zach Kaplan who's the writer on that. Oh, nice. That That's the one that I missed out on, and I'm going to pick up and trade. Yeah. 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 Well, I'll, I'll tell you, too, that I enjoyed from AWA, and believe it or not, they're both by Peter Milligan. <laughs> okay. And Peter Milligan typically is a writer I do not like, so I don't know why, but it's working for me. But he had both absolution number two which is the one that's about the priest in space and almost like exorcist in space the exorcist Mm -hmm. movie taking place in space so very weird how people are becoming um uh, i'd say the majority of people are almost like atheists you know the priests are on the run you know for their because they don't want people believing in this hocus pocus religion stuff but now they have something that happened to someone where they're possessed and they can't explain it Mm -hmm. and so now they're leaning on the priest and one of them is refinding their faith and actually believing in what he kind of grew up with. So it's just kind of cool. Oh, I'm sorry. That was the sacrament one I was telling you about. Sacrament oh, okay. number one. <laughs> so very weird and cool. That, I'm sorry. The absolution number two. I, I mixed up my plots because I was just talking <laughs> about I'm not looking. Absolution was the one that's like almost like Twitch gaming. The first issue, the girl's like on death row and she's trying to save herself. And people have ratings, almost like a star system. You know, they crank up the meter if you like them. They crank down the meter if they don't like you. And so you get these almost like the worst of humanity watching them. You can tell they're like teenage kids, you know, pull up your top, show us your privates, you know, stuff like that, saying that, and or blow off this guy's head. And then you have other people who are really concerned about her and they're chatting and stuff. And she's trying to put on a show to get likes. It's so bizarre and it's so relevant to what we see in the current world, but it's somebody who's fighting for their life. And we don't even really know why they're there. Hmm. And so, so to so to get people on her side, she even goes after you know someone who ha- was a child molester, you know, to basically kill them. And look, I'm going to take out my vengeance. But then people flip the script because these other people you killed in the process, you know, they had a family, and look, they had a dog to get people to not like her as much. So there's this whole thing where these people who are like announcers, like on a football show uh, or a football game or something, kind of like sharing a narrative and trying to get you to feel a certain way to sway the votes. It's just bizarre. I love hmm. it, though. Very good. Cool. Anything else you like? Uh, speaking of AWA, the Jones is number five. What did you think of that? Yeah, Jones is number five. I said, it, okay, I thought it was a decent wrap-up to the series. You know, you get the Joneses versus the reborn family friends. Mm-hmm. But I felt like, you know, it was left open-ended, but it didn't feel like a satisfying ending. I don't know. How did you feel? I came out of it thinking if this was all just the origin story for the Infinites, which is what the Jones call themselves. I mean, it's not a bad origin story, but it's not a great one. Yeah. 
and I'm kind of undecided if I'll get another mini series on this group if it happens. I mean, it was an okay read, but it felt like it could have and should have been better. That's what I felt like. I felt like I was enjoying it a lot more at the beginning, and I felt like they didn't really stick the ending. He left it open-ended so we can revisit the property, but I'm like, I don't know. I liked the concept. I didn't love the execution. There were a couple of things around the second and third issue. Felt a little redundant, didn't quite work, and I get where they were trying to go, but again, the actual execution of the story was a little lacking. Exactly. And, and he keeps having this narrative about the reborns and how people react to them. And, you know, you get this shocking moment. Oh, they're a reborn, you know, Th- that moment that happens in the book. Mm-hmm. But I think I want to see where that goes, you know, instead of just teasing around it. You know, are, are we going to get something bigger from that? I don't know. Yeah, I just I, I get they want to do a, a series of miniseries on these sorts of things. And I don't know if that's the plan on this or not. But for a few of their other stuff at AWA, it definitely has been. But there comes a point where I want to get to the end of a story and have it conclude. Yeah, we, we need to wrap this thing up and have something happen. Because it feels like you're just getting taste samplings, morsel, a morsel here and there. And I don't feel like we're going anywhere. If, if you want to do a series of miniseries, just say so up front. Yeah. This is the first in a planned sequence. In other words, it'll, it'll be end of book, not end of story, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. But I'm feeling the same way because I felt like this series started way stronger than it ended. Mm-hmm. And that, that's the way I felt about it. I'll tell you one thing that I thought was really terrific, but you're not reading, and I'm surprised I got it. I told you about doing do a power bomb. Mm-hmm. I told you about the first and second issues. Third issue, I still really enjoyed it. It's I'm I don't watch wrestling anymore. I haven't watched since the 90s. <laughs> but I was surprised that I got this. But I'm so happy I did. You basically have wrestlers from other worlds being brought in. The wrestling is real. It's not fake. You know, on our planet, it's fake. But, uh, you know, it's real. They they fight and they break each other's necks, apparently. Mm-hmm. But you find out that all the people who get into this tournament, they're fighting because they're trying to bring back a loved one. That You know, if uh, you win, you can, something can happen. So the stakes are very, very high. They have the incentive. Exactly. So the daughter doesn't realize some stuff that's been going on. And there's some stuff with her, her mom and dad. I'm not going to go into it. I'm not spoiling it. I'll just leave it there. But it, it's a terrific series. There's a lot of emotional resonance. And every issue, I feel, is like, I feel like it's getting a little bit better. And Dan, it's Daniel Warren Johnson, and he, he's been doing a terrific job with it. Cool. So it's working. Are you still on uh, Firepower? I got it. And my note is, why am I getting this? <laughs> I'm going to cancel it, I think. <laughs> Okay, my notes are, the first line of dialogue is on page 10. Yeah, it was just pictures. Uh, the the fight scene with all the masters, it was all in shadow. I couldn't see who was who, clearly. Yep. And then I'm actually going to quote the final line of dialogue. Quote, did you really think this was over? Unquote. <laughs> I'm like, for me, yeah, I think so. I, I got one more on pre-order, and I think that'll do it. Yeah, I think I'm done, too. <laughs> it's bad. It was bad. It's not that it's bad. It's that I've lost all interest. Yeah, it it started off really good. And after about that first arc, it lost me. It was that first arc was good. The first arc after the trade? Oh, (laughs) that's right. I forgot about the trade. Maybe that's what I enjoyed, the trade. (laughs) The trade was really good. And then the series starts in a totally different direction. I forgot it came out in a trade. Yeah, the trade is what I like. That first arc in the trade. That was terrific. And then the, the singles killed it. And you know what other story this reminds me of? It's not the same story. Robert Kirkman, he did that one where 
the two worlds merge. Oh, Oblivion Song. Oblivion Song, yeah, yeah. The first arc was terrific. The last maybe issue or two were okay. And everything in between was just horrible. And I, I stuck with it because I'm like, oh, it's Robert Kirkman. He did Walking Dead. And what I'm starting to realize is Robert Kirkman, I like Walking Dead. And that's the end of the story at this point. I liked Invincible. Oh, Invincible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I take it back. Invincible is very good. Yeah. Kirkman's got more to him than just Walking Dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. But recently, I haven't been enjoying his new output. Have you? Not so much. Yeah, and I don't know what changed. I, I just can't put my finger on it. A fair comment can be made that I'm not enjoying a lot of output, so I don't know that it's unique to him. That's true. <laughs> so maybe I've just gotten grumpy in my old age or something. Yeah, get off my lawn. <laughs> uh, but it's true. I, I it's I really like Walking Dead. I really liked Invincible. But the new stuff, I'm just like, I just haven't been, it hasn't hooked. Other than that trade for Firepower, I thought was terrific. Well, I'm still liking Walking Dead Deluxe, by and large. Yeah, they, they, that's they hit a little bit of low patch last time, but it's it's getting better. And it, it, part of it is we hit some action-packed issues, and I'm just amazed how much of the story I've forgotten over the years. Because it, it, it's like catching up on it 15 years later or something. Yeah, I need to dip back in, honestly. Because uh, I didn't pick it up, and I kind of regret not doing that. I'm like, oh, I've read Walking Dead, but to relive it in color might be fun. And the, the stuff at the end where he's like, here's my, my one page of plot notes, and here's what I think of it later, here's where I went somewhere different, here's what happened, that kind of a stuff. Some of that's interesting. It's only a page or two at the end, but it gives some insight as to, you know, what he was thinking at the time. Interesting. Yeah. I, 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 that's one regret. I wish I would have picked it up, because I did not. Now, one thing, I told you about Dark Spaces before. It's an mm-hmm. IDW, it was Scott Snyder. I got the second issue. I didn't like it as much as the first, but I think it's still really good. So it's that heist plot. With the uh, firefighters. Yeah. Yeah. And it takes place. All the inmates decide they're in in this issue. And so Snyder teaches the reader a lot of terminology around fires and, you know, the big blazes and stuff. And how that applies to the heist is just kind of clever. You know, he did his research in here. You could tell. Cool. And you get an unexpected flare up as the inmates break into the mansion. So. It's getting really good, though, and I'm on board for this. I think it's going to be a terrific read. I'm just hoping he sticks the landing because I think Snyder does a really good job, and this is the first thing that I've enjoyed by him that's not a horror book, and I I like to see him stretch his legs in a different direction. Yeah, cool. Yeah, so it's working for me. (laughs) So one of the ones I got and overall I liked was uh, Star Trek Mirror War number eight. Nice. It was eight of eight. So I did not expect it to end with to be continued and no clue as to where it will be to be continued. I know there's a a one shot with one of the other characters or whatever that I I think is in September. But again, I'm getting tired of these limited series that are just queuing something else up. Yeah, I I know. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, there are two things that I was going to tell you about that I did read. One was Seven Sons number three came out. The one with the G's eye. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the weird book. It's still weird. And I'm still enjoying it. So I'm just going to say that <laughs> without offending anyone. Okay. And the other one, I really love Barbaric that came out from Vault. The original is a three issue series. There was a new Barbaric number one that came out. And I feel like the series lost a little bit of its charm. It's still decent, but not nearly as good as the first series. So yes, I did get it for people who are curious. The first three issue series. Terrific. Amazing. Was unexpected. This one, 
not as good, unfortunately. That's a shame. Yeah, so it's only a three-issue series, so I already pre-ordered the whole stinking thing, but you know, maybe something I visit now, maybe depending on if they do it again, based on what it says in the solicits, I may or may not dip back in. Yeah, sometimes it's hard to tell if you should dip back into an ongoing property or not. Project Superpowers, Fractured States. Yeah. Fifth issue, that seemed to be the end of it. Overall, I enjoyed this. They they revealed who this John Doe was, but I got to the end, I'm like, I don't have anything else on order. I guess it's the end, but it seemed to be the introduction of something. So where does this go next? Yeah. And I'll be honest, a few of the Project Superpower stuff after Chapter 1, Chapter 2, whatever the first two things were, it got a little weak. So I this may be getting it back in, in the direction I want it to go, but when are we going to get more? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I wanted to tell you, though, I'm still enjoying Department of Truth. Issue number 20 came out, and it's still terrific. Cool. It's not always the best book that I get from the indie side, but it's always solid. It's it, it's always a decent read, so I'm definitely going to double dip, and I'll pick this up as a whole big collection when they get it all together. That's a good sign. That's cool. It's Things don't have to be the, the best thing I read all every month or whatever, but if they're consistently enjoyable and I look forward to them every month, that's worth a lot to me. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm happy with that. I, and I'll tell you what, this is the biggest area where I can tell you a ton of things that I canceled. I'm Astronaut Down gone, Belit and Valeria gone, Bunny Mask gone, Deadly Class gone, Death Dealer. I considered being gone, but they won me back with the next issue that we haven't reviewed. Farmhand gone, Firepower probably gone. So, I mean, there's a, like a lot of cuts here. Lonesome Hunters gone. I, I cut about 15 titles from my next order that I, I just submitted from the indie section. Interesting. And it's just stuff that I was like, why am I getting this? And I'm being very judicious with what I'm adding because I'm real. Cl- I was real quick to add things on, and then I'm like, man, I'm not even enjoying this. Why am I getting this? I'm not doing that anymore. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Because if I'm not having fun, I'm going to save the money and do something I I really enjoy. Yeah, if it's if it's not working for you, save your money and your time and find something that is. Yeah, but there is stuff to be found. You know, there's Absolutely. treasures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for me. I mean, it was not a bad month. There was a lot of stuff that was in that solid area, yeah, but not as much that was above it as I was hoping. That's that's exactly how I feel, too. <laughs> but it was also not a huge month, and I had one or two smaller weeks, so I had some time to do some other reading. Yeah. That Chuck Dixon series of books I was talking about, I've finished. Awesome. And you love it? I liked it. You liked it? Okay. It's about a bunch of mercenaries traveling in time. Nice. And kind of how they get sucked into these adventures and whatnot. And there's a war is hell aspect. And there's one or two books in particular that go, it's like, yep, that that is kind of hellish and, and gross. So it was a little much in a few places there. And the profanity was more than I cared for. Which, granted, that's not a high bar, but, you know, it it felt needless in the series, too. Yeah. But it was a fun read. So I also... I'm wondering, are there more than the six? Because it, it stopped, it didn't conclude satisfyingly. Ah, uh, that's unfortunate. Yeah, it, there there was a few things. It's like, no, if you want to call it quits on this property, you need to deal with, with at least two or three things, and they didn't. Ah, uh, that's unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, Chuck Dixon's a good writer, it's a good roller coaster. In the moment, it's a fun read, but there are one or two things that if you stop and think about it, it's like, wait a sec, what you say is the... The big deal about this one character can't be. It, it You got your timeline mixed up, which is ironic in a time travel story. 
That's funny. So, but it was it was a good recommendation, and like I said, I enjoyed going through them. That's awesome. Yeah, I noticed you've been jo- enjoying novels a bit, getting a break from the comics every now and then. I've gone through a few dozen novels this year, I think. A lot of it was uh, when we took a break from, from recording and stuff. But yeah, I've definitely been, been plowing through some books. That's nice. I, and believe it, on my end, you know, stuff I don't mention, I, I'm still reading a lot of manga I've been getting caught up on. And, and I'm enjoying some of it. You know, I'm finding the tropes. There's some I'm, I'm getting my footing on as to what I like and what I don't like. Mm. But I, I'm really enjoying Alice in Borderland. I think it's just fantastic. One of the best mangas I've read. Record of Ragnarok, a nice little fight manga. I'm enjoying that. So there's certain genres. I'm like, okay, I like the fight ones. Oh, I like these survival horror. And it's it's not even really that horrific, but it's more like it is kind of survival horror, but it, the horror's not as much as the survival aspect. Yeah. And it's just so I'm like, okay, let me find more that I can read in this this wheelhouse it versus just getting you know a whole amalgam of mishmash of stuff. I'm starting to narrow it down and being like, okay, I like this. Let me find the best of these and read these. Cool. Well, and figuring out what you like and why, that's that helps a lot in finding new things to read. Yeah, exactly. So it, it's just been fun, you know, dip my toes into something different. And then I'm just realizing, you know, how much we are with our tropes and comics and the capes and cows. Mm-hmm. The, the Japanese have their tropes in almost all the manga. <laughs> oh, definitely in the Super Sentai as well. Yeah, you read the you read a few volumes, you're like, oh my gosh, not this nonsense again. But it's not really nonsense, it's just that's the, and people probably enjoy that, you know? Oh, it feels comfortable to them, whereas someone from that doesn't grow up reading comics, they would read this. Why do they keep having characters that are like this? I'm like, well, because that's how they are. They're super heroic. <laughs> Anyways, you know, it's just, just interesting. Yeah, I found with the Super Sentai, there are certain storylines and whatnot that keep going down. And they're kind of moral of the story type things are a little different over there than they are here. And not in radical ways, but in interesting, subtle ways. And yeah, just the storytelling conventions of a different culture can be interesting to get kind of indoctrinated into. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it's also kind of funny. They they either make the, the main character be like a total dweeby nerd who can't function and is bullied by everyone, or a completely sadistic. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's bizarre. I'm like, they're one of the two. I'm like, are there no normal people in this world? <laughs> like, this is bizarre. Yeah, that is funny. Yeah, so they like the two extremes, so whatever. <laughs> I just roll with it. They've got their archetypes. Exactly. That's what it is. So it, it's just kind of funny. I read them. I'm like, huh, I wonder if they think that people are really like this. <laughs> yeah. So just fun. Cool. Yeah, well, I'm glad you're having fun, and I'm glad we're finding things that we enjoy both inside comics and even outside comics. I think it's good that we're both finding things we like and enjoying ourselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's plenty of good novels to read, TV shows to watch, manga, movies, etc. So, absolutely. Exactly. We're having fun. (laughs) Yep. So with that, we'll call it an episode. Sounds good. Awesome. Recording clips for the preview Spotlight episodes is easy, and we've got an open submission policy for these episodes. Please send in clips to support the comics you love as often as you can. If you'd like to get email reminders for the preview Spotlight episodes, you can join the emailing list on the main page of the comicbookpage.com website. The deadline is typically the second Saturday of the month at 9 a.m. Check the main page of the website for more information and the exact deadline for the next preview Spotlight.
The show notes and form for this podcast can be found at www.comicbookpage.com under the podcast and forum sections of the website. Please email us at theguys at comicbookpage.com and let us know what you think of what was discussed in this episode. Thanks for listening.